Hello, and welcome to the Maiden to Mother podcast. My name is Natalie Bailey, and I'm thrilled you're here. Transitioning from the youthful years of maidenhood to the divine role of motherhood is an arduous journey, one of transformation, of growth, of beauty, and of chaos. In this space, we connect with women and professionals to hear their personal and witnessed experiences of women taking this amazing journey from maiden to mother. Oh, hello. We get to commune again here in this space, and I am so excited. I am so thrilled that you are here with me again and have continued to take this journey with me. I can't tell you how much my heart is um, just vibrating at a high frequency. So thank you for that. That means the world. So um, coming off of episode two, where we really dove into who the maiden archetype is and all of her different dynamic elements. And um, I even was surprised myself as to where um, we went talking about the maiden and how um, her nurturing at her rite of passage with menstruation um, really has led to a lot of turmoil within the feminine in our culture. And um, I'm really excited for when these uh, episodes air to hear what you guys think and how you have processed that and and what kind of downloads you've received from um, hearing what I was called to share. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, but today we are going to be diving into the mother archetype and um, I will do my absolute best to keep this concise. I always have a goal of keeping this around 30 minutes um, because I know we don't all have time to listen to hour and a half long uh, podcasts. So um, I will do my best to do that for you guys today. Um, but diving into the mother archetype, there is just so much depth to the mother and um, all that she holds within herself for um, herself and for her family and then our world. Um, but I do want to, before we dive into the mother, there are some different interpretations of the triple goddess. You know, everyone has the foundation of understanding there's a maiden archetype, there's a mother archetype, and there's a crone archetype. But some people have tweaked um, titles and phases um, in that trinity. And um, one that I found um, while learning about all this was this idea of the enchantress, right? Um, and she is no longer a maiden in the way that she views the world and interacts with it. Um, but she is not yet a mother in that she has not um, birthed a child, possibly by choice, or felt that she is moving into a motherly role with something in her life, be it a business or a dream or a goal or anything like that. So um, I find that that kind of differentiation, that phase, to be um, really beautiful because the modern woman nowadays, um, they are choosing, we are choosing to have children later in life and, and choosing to pursue some big things for ourselves. Um, while, while no longer really connecting deeply with the maiden, the play, the, uh, you know, the, the youth and innocence, and while that's beautiful, um, 
what I mean by that is kind of the immaturity sometimes too of the maiden, right? So we do have a lot of women um, that I think really fit in this mold of the enchantress, um, no longer a maiden, but not yet a mother. And um, I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. And I'll be asking, you know, some of our guests that we uh, talk to on this podcast, what they think of that. And if they ever existed in that enchantress phase themselves, I'm going to be really excited to hear um, what other people think and how they react to that aspect of the feminine. So I think where there can sometimes be a gray area is um, what is the transition that women go through um, when they go from maiden to mother. The most obvious one clearly is to give birth and to become a mother, to now have a being dependent on you for life. Um, that's the most obvious one. But the gray area I speak of is that there are women that transition to motherhood without giving birth to an actual baby, right? I've mentioned it a couple times before that this can be a woman who births a business or um, births a goal or a, a new service or something of that nature. And we see this woman um, no longer have the immaturity and the uh, aloofness and um, uh, lack of solid direction that we see in a maiden, but rather she is now focused and gives her attention and time to a career or to something of that nature, something that is very much of value to who she is in our world. That's where I think it can be gray, right? And it, again, doesn't mean that this woman who does not have a child um, can be called a mother, but also may not, she may still have aspects of the maiden within her, um, which is a good thing. And um, one thing that I'm going to bring up later is how in our culture, when we transition over to the mother archetype, um, I think we've kind of been conditioned to think that a lot of our maiden self needs to be left behind. And that really causes some inner turmoil. Um, our maiden self should never just be forgotten and dismissed and released. She was who you are um, for how many years up until you um, became a mother, fill in the blank with what it means, what it is for you. Um, and she created you. There was a foundation there in the maiden that was established and beautiful memories and um, experiences that molded your values and beliefs of this world. And so um, we can't forget her. She is still so vastly important in our lives. Um, but this role of mother that we've cultivated um, in our society um, leads us to believe that we really do have to leave a lot of that behind because that's not who we are. And thinking back to that and longing for that or even participating in activities of our maidenhood um, means that we're not serious about being a mother. We're not focused. Um, you know, that, that part of our life is over. Now our life is fully dedicated to somebody else. And I think that that um, causes a lot of issues um, within our world. And I think we're going to see that with some of these interviews that I have of women sharing their experience that um, losing the maiden um, when we become a mother is, uh, is really difficult and causes, causes issues. So, um, yeah, just that transition can be very obvious in birth, but it can also be very, um, intimate and personal and subjective really. Um, okay. So who is the mother, right? I mean, for a moment, just pause and 
see the face of your mother. You can do it with closed eyes or open eyes and just take a breath. That woman, that beautiful soul that you see in your mind's eye, she carried you, birthed you, and held you, and nurtured you, and hopefully fully supported you, right? I mean, that's amazing. She sacrificed, right? Think about if you are a mother right now, think about the sacrifices you are making. And just for a minute, if you haven't for a while, think about that's what your mom did for you, right? And I know there is no such thing as a perfect mom. As much as I try to be one myself and I drive myself crazy trying to do it, there is no such thing as a perfect mom. But all moms are good moms in that they did sacrifice. That's the ultimate expression of love. And yeah, I mean, just sit with that. Your mother, you were created in her body and sustained in her body. And then she gave of her body for you to enter the world. That's powerful stuff, right? Make sure you call or text your mom today. <laughs> That's my PSA for this episode. Um, okay, so envisioning your mother, and she, you know, we're going to go through some aspects of the mother archetype, and and please catch yourself if you start comparing your mother or, or yourself to these, um, to these different characteristics. If you don't have them or they don't match you or it doesn't resonate, it doesn't mean you're a bad mom or you have... Um, found an expression of the mother archetype that isn't good. That, that's not, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to do that. Um, this is just the mother archetype. And um, sharing, you know, my personal experience real quickly, my oldest is about to turn five. And just in the last couple of months, I have a young one who is uh, almost 11 months. So I am still in my postpartum period with him. But just in the last couple of months, you guys, I think that I finally fully accepted that I am a mother. And I know that sounds crazy. I mean, five years, Natalie, you didn't get it. No, I, I went through the motions and I, I did everything I knew to be right in my heart and in my soul for my children. And, um, but I was stuck. I let go of my maiden self way too quickly and um, tried to morph into someone completely new way too fast without honoring my, um, my previous um, existence. And um, it's been a hard battle. It's taken a toll on myself personally. It's taken a toll on my marriage. It has taken a toll on um, bonding even with my children in some aspects. Um, but I think I'm finally there, guys. I think I am. And um, so if you're there or you feel like you should be there and you're not, Drop that thought, leave it at the doorstep. It is not serving you. Um, we don't just, the moment our babies come into our arms, become a mother and then hold that role uh, divinely and significantly in our lives. It is a long transition and a long road. And um, if you don't feel you're fully embracing your motherhood role right now, that's all right. That's all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. Be there for your baby. Help your baby navigate this world. That is what's important. Um, and your work will happen at the same time. It may be slower, but that's okay. It's totally okay. 
Um, okay, so the mother archetype, right? I mean, without even having to describe a whole lot of things, we all know what the mother is or who she is, right? She is this um, uh, self-sacrificing, um, responsible, patient, powerful woman, right? She teaches us um, how to give and subsequently receive love in this world, which is really an amazing role to have and an unbelievable role to have in terms of responsibility and the magnitude of that, right? The mothers in our lives teach us fundamentally what it means to give love and what it means to receive love. And if there is any aspect of the mother that is, um, we'll say, wounded in her own understanding of giving and receiving love, then unfortunately that will subsequently bleed down into her next generation um, and can cause some some um, some problems, right? We're seeing those, I think, in the masculine a lot nowadays and in the feminine, but we're seeing it there. So um, that is, that is uh, the role of a mother is to teach how to give and receive love. And I know even saying that out loud right now, that, that feels very heavy and very um, dominating for me, even the, the gravity of all of that. Um, and, you know, am I doing it right? And am, am I raising my children to really be these amazing, significant beings and understanding that? Um, but then even now I'll take a step back and I will rewire that and say, I know that I'm doing my best. I am giving and receiving love in front of them the best way that I can. And hopefully that can help some of you too. So the mother is, um, she's associated if you take her to a season, she is summertime and the ripening of crops. So we usually harvest in the fall, right? Um, some crops. Uh, we think of summertime just everything's in bloom and, and, and whatnot. And there's definitely a lot of crops in the summertime too. Um, but summertime into that later summertime when everything is fully ripe and we can pick, that's kind of that transition into the crone because the crone is then fall and winter, right? Um, and one thing when I was going through this and, and seeing you know, this association of ripening of crops with the mother archetype, it really started to make me think about what kind of fruit is produced in the summer most, right? So lots of berries, so blueberries and strawberries and blackberries and raspberries and um, watermelon and um, kiwi and some of these just amazingly light and vibrant flavors, right? Things that really, really soothe the soul or soothe um, heat. They're all very, very um, juicy and uh, quenching and, uh, excuse me, and that's kind of like what her mother does, right? Or she should be doing. The mother archetype should be, hopefully, um, really taking some time to offer us um, a removal of any heat. So think about like when um, your little one, if you have one or you've witnessed a, a little one going through a tantrum, there's a lot of energy there, right? A lot of internal heat and, and movement within the body and, and think of the hormones and all that stuff. And what a mother's role is when approaching that, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect this by any means, but what we, you know, hopefully in an ideal world, we are approaching our children with these light fruits, these lessons of, hey, 
you know the best way to handle how you're feeling. You know that, that anger, that tightness in your heart you're feeling right now, that frustration. Here's some things that you can do, right? We offer them some very juicy, flavorful, and light fruits and pieces of wisdom. We teach them to breathe. We hold them. We allow them to uh, fully express themselves and really let things go. Um, and and we, we kind of take the burden away. We, we um, help them learn how to douse their inner flame. Um, and that's what these fruits do. And I just couldn't help but make that, um, that kind of comparison. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't surprise me that um, I hear this from a lot of women too, but um, myself included, that we really, I always turned to fruit when I was pregnant and I almost can't help but feel like, oh, maybe that was like a sign of like what I'm going to be doing later in life. I know the thoughts that go through my head, the patterns. Oh my goodness. Um, so the mother archetype we see sometimes is symbolized by the cauldron, right? She is the churning pot of regeneration. She, um, she really, uh, stirs, um, the family together, keeps all the elements, um, simmering and 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 being um, allowed to kind of integrate with one another and uh, keeps everything together. She is um, the glue, I suppose, too, as well, right? And her rituals, um, you know, mothers, you'll, you'll see mothers oftentimes will find rituals within their um, daily lives for some grounding. And um, a lot of times when we see women going through rituals like that, it is an act of love, hopefully for herself, um, but for her family as well, consistency, schedules, those kind of things that help everyone feel safe and secure and, and well taken care of. Um, obviously, she is a symbol of fertility, right? And she, um, she really shows us what devotion can look like. Um, and again, here, with that word devotion alone, I think we get a little bit skewed, right? Devotion is not... Um, complete and utter release of yourself for the sake of another's well-being, right? Um, that is just, uh, I don't know what that would be, to be honest. That would be silliness. Um, but devotion can be taken to even a religious aspect, right? Like a devotion to God. You do sometimes lay things down at his or her feet when you feel that surrender will help you in uh, moving forward but you still continue to act for yourself, right? You don't just say, okay, God, I need, um, I need rent money next month and I'll let you work on that. And for the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to sit here and Netflix and chill, right? Um, you have devotion to God and you show him that through gratitude and then you subsequently turn to him in times of need. Um, and a mother does that same thing for her children. You know, Hey, I'm going to be here for you. She kind of takes on that role of, of God. Um, in a way, but then also can beautifully view her children as divine. Um, they are amazing teachers, as most of us know. Um, but devotion to another being, um, while also still making moves in her own life, that was what healthy devotion is. I think sometimes we go to the point of obsession as opposed to devotion with our children. You know, we see these um, dear poor sisters, uh, sister mamas that have such anxiety that they don't ever leave their children. Um, which is not healthy for either party, right? That is not devotion um, because devotion is not a one-way street. It should be two-way and there should be different branches of devotion and who you are devoted to and to what degree. Um, 
You know, what's funny about the mother archetype is there still is a lot of sexuality within the mother archetype. But again, I think that we um, are taught that mothers, because they now are dedicated to another being um, and are the, the most powerful example for children in the world, um, that they can't have their own desires anymore. And, um, you know, I know that sexuality, when we become a mom after we've had children, um, tends to go on the back burner, mainly because we do once again devote to another. Um, and we're tired and, and, and our bodies have been uh, just been wrecked sometimes and we just, you know, we're touched out or we just don't want to be responsible for somebody else's um, well-being. And I'm guilty of this too when coming to sex from postpartum periods. It feels like more of a chore. And um, that is so sad. Think about what sexuality does for us. It is such a tremendous hormonal release. It is a physical release of tension that we all need so desperately. And not only is it a physical act, but if you are with one that you love and are dedicated to, it becomes such a tremendous feeling of safety and security and trust in the world when we don't always see that on a daily basis. Um, so sex can be therapeutic and, and a beautiful example of what a mother should be. She should still have desires. She should still have that maiden aspect of her that feels sexual and desired and beautiful in her own way. Um, and again, I think that gets a little bit lost too. And I think sometimes we project onto our partners as well, um, you know, how they must view us in this new body because our bodies after having a baby are most definitely not the same. Um, and some of our husbands or partners have witnessed birth and what do we think, what do they think of that and seeing my body in that way? Um, I can assure you most partners don't really care about that. You gave them a baby, they saw a miracle they're not thinking about that. You still have a vagina. They still have a penis or a vagina themselves or right, you know, whatever your combination that you love is. And, um, they still want to have sex with you. I promise you, they still want to connect. Doesn't matter. It's still a beautiful release for them and, and they need it and want it. And they want you to need it and want it along with them as well. Um, so the, you know, the other element of the mother archetype is this, rite of passage of birth. And again, it can be physical birth, um, but it can also be, you know, the birth of, of something big in her life. And um, in that, in that transition of birth, we see uh, the mother fully understand or hopefully fully understand what it means to surrender, to let go of control to really sink into those things in our lives that we cannot fully grasp and grip. Um, and, you know, I speak from experience of having children and starting a business that it takes a lot of dedication um, and focus to do both things, to birth a business and birth children. At the same time, though, it takes complete and utter release of outcome. And it is a surrender to what will be. It is a, a recognition and understanding that there are only so many things that we can control. And then the rest is simply up to what will be, what will transpire. And, um, that, that, you know, that, 
realization for a lot of us is absolutely daunting and mortifying um, that we have to let go in some way, shape, or form. Um, but a mother really, really does come to terms with that and see that and understand that and hopefully glean from that experience um, wisdom that can take her forward in life to um, experience each day without uh, as much suffering as um, attachment to outcomes and expectations can can cause in our lives. Um, and you know, that's not to say that if you don't fully surrender or you find yourself huffing and puffing each day with kids or, or with your business or, or feeling distraught and distracted and um, defeated that you're not a good mother archetype or a good expression of that mother archetype. Absolutely not. It is a daily, if not moment to moment practice to surrender to what will be in a lot of ways. Um, but that's what the mother archetype over the years of her being a mother, you know, it, you're a mother the rest of your life in some aspects. So just because you don't perfect that, um, <laughs> that aspect of her, characteristic of her in your life doesn't mean that you are a bad mother. It will take years and years and years and no one will be perfect at it, but you'll have a better understanding of how to best practice it in your own life, which is what's most important, right? Um, and it, it, she really does give us this example of of, of sacrifice, of unconditional love. And I know that there have been some mothers with deep wounds that haven't been able to show that fully to their children. Um, and I mean, we all, if we're totally real, because of the history of the feminine and um, the rise of the patriarchy and the submissive nature uh, that has been conditioned in women and, and how we have been less than for so long in our culture, it's no surprise that each of us, all of us listening right now, have a mother that had wounds and that um, prevented her from really fully showing you um, the divine recognition or expression of unconditional love, right? We know our moms are going to love us no matter what, but they still have judgments and they still have analysis of what we do and how we live our lives. And, um, you know, I recently was working with my, um, spiritual coach, um, and, and trying to myself return back to God. And I found Dea, who is the mother God. And through an exercise with her, I really learned that the mother that I want in my life, that I need in my life, is the mother that I can turn to in any situation um, and she will look at me um, with peace and calm in her eyes and she will say to me, I trust you know what to do here and I believe in you. And not offering advice, not um, overanalyzing what she is moving through or, you know, superimposing my own experiences in there. Just, she's just fully recognizing that I am an independent adult, capable and able. And um, that's the mother archetype that I have realized that I want or I really wish um, had been present in my life in some way. And so because I have identified that mother archetype that I want in my life, I've been able to really start to make that my practice with my own children and um, really try to help them feel my love in that way and give them an expression of unconditional love um, 
through that so that someday when they need to come to me, um, they will know that I trust them, I believe in them, I know that they are a capable person and um, that truthfully in life, there aren't mistakes, there's just lessons, right? That's all there really is. And the mother archetype holds space for us to recognize that and to understand that. She, she has so much wisdom within her, but her wisdom also reminds her that she does not know it all and that her children or her business, those are not reflections of her. Yes, they are connected to her in a profound way, but they are not who she is, and they are not the expression of her innermost being fully for the world, right? You can be dedicated to your children or dedicated to your business, but those, are, those things still are not the thoughts in your head every single day. You know who you are at your core, and um, you know the only person that knows you best is you. Um, no one else. And so that's what a mother does: is she really recognizes the separateness of us, the uniqueness of us all, and holds space for us to really investigate and learn about that part. You know who we really are at our core, and what makes us tick, and what makes us come alive and happy in our world, and what our purpose is. She holds space for that without trying to control it with a, a, a heart of trust and understanding that what will be will be and that our children or our business are souls or ideas in this world that have their own trajectory and have their own destiny and fate so to speak. They will find their expression in this life on their own in a lot of ways regardless of our impact and if you can't find a little bit of freedom in that fact, I don't know how else to help you because that has given me quite a bit of um, release um, in my life at, at seeing my children as their own unique beings and I can give them some scaffolding and some boundaries and I can teach them, you know, the social norms of how to navigate our world to, you know, to, to, release to make sure they don't have any as much suffering or as little suffering as possible. Um, but ultimately, they're going to make their own decisions and they're going to live their life how works for them. Their soul expression will be what it will be. Um, but if I've done my job right and I have um, really taken on this role of mother in a healthy way, um, then I'm just simply holding space for them to do that and, and, and not placing um, expectations for my upbringing onto them that may, um, you know, squelch their light or squelch, what a weird uh, word, uh, that may, uh, you know, dwindle their light and not, um, not enhance it, right? So this is the mother, right? She is, again, dynamic and, and has so much depth to what she feels. I mean, think about um, whether you've had a baby or birthed a business, think about all of the emotions, that energy in motion that moves through you when you're doing something like that. You know, navigating a business and having a baby, sure, there's tons of information out there about how to do it, all the steps and here's what you need to do. But no one can teach you um, or even fully help you understand and recognize the emotional aspect of those things, emotionally giving birth, emotionally starting a business, and all of that heart that you give into it, um, and the fear and the doubt that goes with that. Um, that's profound, profound stuff. 
right? And no one can teach you about that. You just have to learn how to navigate that on yourself. And hopefully up until this point in your maidenhood, you have solidified some good practices. You know yourself well enough to understand what it is you need to find that release. And then subsequently, when you are in your full mother expression, you maintain those and you understand their value and you do not let other things get in the way. This is something that we see and I'm guilty of it too. Women do know what they need in their life to be healthy. They, you know, some women need their green juices or they need their exercise or they need their creative time or they need their alone time or all these different practices that women know from their maidenhood is what makes them feel good. But then when children or a business come into their life, they fully sacrifice themselves to this cause be it human or idea, goal, um, and they release those practices. And that's where we start to see there be some disconnect, right? There's where we see a, a broken um, tether between the maiden and the mother archetype. And that causes some problems, my friends, causes some problems. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pause on this. We are already at 30 minutes and I have some other places that I want to go with this mother archetype. So we're going to make this part one for right now. And um, we'll dive further into the mother archetype and some other aspects of um, birth and death and rites of passage and, um, and go further into that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, tell me your thoughts, friends, on this mother archetype. Um, share stories. Give examples communicate with me, reach out to me. I want to hear about you and um, the, what the mother archetype is for you in your life. And if you have any rituals and practices that you utilize as you are expressing this mother archetype in your life to help you find grounding and stability, um, I would love to know that. We would absolutely love to know that. So thank you so much for spending your time with me here. And um, look out for part two, where we will, again, dive a little bit deeper into this mother archetype and um, all that she offers our world. I want to thank you for spending part of your day here with us. Hopefully, you have found some new inspiration, strength, and courage to move forward on your journey. Until we connect again, I see you and I love you.